December 4th, Tam, she said, made it to Crawford at 3.40 p.m. And, and, and December 6th was our first Sunday as pastors of, of the church. And, you know, as a, as a pastor, that was, that was 10 years ago. And it's hard not to be all nostalgic and kind of looking back and, and seeing how much I've grown and how much my wife's grown and what God's done. You know, it's kind of the season of our hearts. And, and as Tam and I, we've talked about this because, you know, some, some pastors have an expectation when it comes to like anniversaries. They want parties and whatever else. And Tam and I wanted to be able to communicate our hearts. And so this morning, our desire in this service is to be able to communicate our hearts to the church. Ten years ago, on December 6th, I stood in the pulpit for the very first time and communicated my heart. Ten years later, I want to be able to stand, not necessarily in a pulpit, but in front of the church, because I don't have a pulpit anymore. Some things have changed. And communicate my heart again. Because our hearts, the desire of our hearts is to be conformed to the image of Christ. And as we lead the church, our desire is that as you, as you participate with us in what God is doing, that our lives are emulating Jesus Christ. And so there's an interesting piece of Scripture that kind of brings these two worlds together. What, what pastor's talking about for, for 10 years and what I desire to be able to communicate to the body this morning in, in, in communion. The, the interesting thing is that, that God in the scripture kind of brings these two events together in a way that preaches my sermon for me. One of the, one of the more profound moments in the ministries of Christ, one that I know I've preached on at least three times, but I want to reference it again this morning, comes in the context of the Lord's Supper. It comes in the context of, of what we're going to be celebrating in just a little bit, of what we're going to be participating in in just a little bit. In Matthew chapter 20, Jesus said, Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. My desire, my, my heart, Tam and I's heart this morning, what we hope that we can communicate to, to the body of Christ is that we're here to serve. We've been called to serve. We were called to serve 10 years ago. We're called to serve today. I want to reaffirm we want to reaffirm to the body that, that that's what God has done in this. And so how did Jesus model this? The story that, 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 I, that I like to, to look at is in John chapter 13. I'm going to pray before we read these verses. But I'm just going to ask, because I believe that God's going to do something, something profound this morning with our hearts. Something that, that I hope communicates... The love, uh, the, the transformation, the identity of Christ. Father, I come to you today and I thank you, God, because I know you've ordained this moment. I thank you, God, that I know you're in the word of God this morning. And I pray, Father, that, that as we look at your word, as, as we worship together, as we, as we serve one another, God, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ a profound understanding of you. God, we talked about love in Sunday school. I ask that this room would be filled with your love. 
God, I pray that love would flow through the words. I pray that love would flow through the actions, through the songs, God. That in all we do this day, your love would be profound in this place. God, I pray for us. I pray for our ears and our hearts, our minds. That they would be in line with you and God, that we could focus on you. For myself, God, this morning, I ask that my thoughts would be yielded to you and your very word would come forth in Jesus' name. Amen. God bringing this all together. It was just before the Passover festival. Uh, Jesus knew the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, and he took his outer clothing, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter who said, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then, the Lord, then Lord Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. And Jesus answered, those who have been, had a bath need only to wash their feet. The whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he'd finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? You call me teacher, Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. The context of these verses, I mean, we read this, Jesus washes his disciples' feet. There's some profound moments in this. There was, uh, it was a different culture, it was a different time. And so they wore sandals, so their feet were dirty. And they reclined at the table, so their feet were around the food. And so the custom at the time was, everyone, before you come to table, they didn't say, Mom says, wash your hands before you come to table. But you had to wash your feet before you came to the table. They had servants then that took care of some of these responsibilities. And the servants all had roles. And the, the bottom rung of the servants' roles, the least of the least of the servants was the dude that got stuck washing feet. I mean, I hate feet. I do not like anyone's feet touching me, especially when my wife's feet are cold. I'm not a foot person. I mean, here's how romantic I was in wooing a woman. If a woman wanted me to rub her feet, she had to wash them first. Go to the sink and wash your feet. And then, I'll close my eyes and we'll do this in about two minutes and I'll be done. Your feet will feel better. I don't like feet. But that was the role. So the, the, the least of the servants, they had this towel that they had to pick up that, that really identified what they were going to do. 
And they all came into this feast together. Everyone that was at this meal came at the same time. And they all knew the tradition. They all recognized that feet had to be washed in order for them to eat. Like, we're not going to eat, Tanner, until someone washes the feet. Will you get up? I mean, that's got to be what's going on. They're looking at each other, waiting to see, because they look at the stool, and the stool's empty. The servant's not there. Like, dude's supposed to be right there. Like, that's his stool. That's his spot. And he's not there. So who's going to take this chore on? And this is Pastor Steve a little bit, but Jesus gets up, and I'm sure that Peter says, ooh, he's going to go get someone to do it. Like, you know, the boss is going to get someone to move. And Jesus takes off his outer cloak, and he goes over to a basin, and he begins to pour water. This is the Messiah. This is the one they they gave up everything to follow. This is the Son of God. He's not to be the servant. I mean, that's like for the lowest of the low. And Christ in that moment began to walk around. In the context of the table, in the context of this last meal, He began to walk around to each of His disciples and began to wash their feet, taking the very lowest position possible to serve them. To make himself a servant before them. He said to them, I didn't come here to be served, but to serve. We talked about agape love in Sunday school this morning. Talk about unconditional, sacrificial love. He could have said to any one of them, it's your job today, Walt. And Walt would have done it. He said, I'm going to model something to you. This moment, he said, is divine opportunity. Jesus took that moment to show them the heart of a child of God. In Philippians chapter 2, I want to read these verses because they parallel so well with what Christ did in, in, in this meal. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition. Or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, consider others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. How? By taking on the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness and being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. If we're going to be called to serve, we must humble ourselves. Do nothing, it says, out of selfish 
ambition or vain conceit? How many times do we wrestle with selfish ambition and vain conceit? How many times do we serve with selfish ambition and vain conceit? We make sure people see us when we serve. We announce it with our phylacteries in our in our, in our whatever else. Did you see what I did? We put it on Facebook. You'll never guess what I did. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. But do what? Consider others how? Consider others more valuable than yourself. And that value question, that's something that I've been dealing with a lot with, with pastors and with people. You know, what, what, where is our value? What is our value? Well, what if we valued others even more than ourselves? Some of us might say, well, I don't value myself very much. So that's not too hard. I'm guessing you don't value others either. Do nothing out of selfish ambition, but value others greater than yourself. And your relationships have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. What did that mindset look like? First Peter chapter 4, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. Each of you should use whatever gift you've received. God has given you gifts. To serve others. As faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Do you realize that that scripture is saying your gift is God's grace revealed in your life? That your gift is the grace of God being demonstrated in your life? That your gift, that that, that thing that you say isn't worth anything, is a gift that God has given you? It's a revelation of His grace in your life that you can use? How? As a faithful steward? We don't talk about stewardship with our gifts a lot of times. God's given you His grace. And you get to be a faithful steward of the grace of God with the gifts that He's placed in you. Galatians chapter 5. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, Serve one another humbly in love. Talk about the paradox. You've been called to be free. Why? So we can serve, huh? The freedom of being able to serve. The joy in being able to consider someone greater than myself. The, the privilege, the honor to be able to look at someone else and say, I consider you more valuable than myself. God has given me a, a demonstration of His grace, a dispensation of His grace, and I want you to experience this. So I choose to serve. I choose to serve. Jesus made the choice to serve. Do you get that? 
We have the freedom to serve one another humbly in love. But freedom means that I get to decide if I'm going to or not. That's the mindset of Christ. He took on the very nature of a servant. You know the cloak. We've talked about cloaks before. Cloaks in the, Old, in the New Testament were often rights. They were your legal garment. A beggar had a cloak that gave him the right. It was his permit to beg. Your outer cloak was often your, 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 your standing. It was much more significantly than, than the coat you wore to church today. He took off his outer cloak, his identity, laid it down and took on the very nature of a servant. Why? To preach a profound message in this moment. I came here not to be honored. I came here not to be followed. I came here not not to have all the masses follow me. I came here to serve. And the best way for me to model that is to take on the nature of the lowest of lows, the servant that everyone would recognize is the place that we don't want to be. You know, there was a few weeks ago, we were having a kid's event here. And one of my tasks at the kids' event was to be in the bathroom as the kids all washed their hands. Now, they painted pumpkins. And I mean, there's paint flying and kids' bathrooms and they're all trying to grab paper towels. And I, I, Walt was in there with me and I looked at Walt and I said, Walt, one job in the whole world I'd never want to have is a bathroom attendant. Right? I mean, you ever heard, you ever seen that? You ever been in the bathroom where you go in the bathroom and there's a dude sitting in a stool on the corner or a lady, depending on which restroom you're in, and this is, hopefully it's still that way. Um, and, and they sit on the corner and their job is to offer you a mint and offer you a towel after you wash your hands. Talk about the job I don't want. There's things that go on in there I don't want to be any part of. Right? I mean, I'm trying to figure out in my brain, how do I model this in today's context? You know, as Tamara and I were talking 10 years, and we want to be able to demonstrate to the church, we'd wrestle around some ideas. What's the most effective way for us to, to declare to the church that we're here to serve? Like, what do we say? How do we do it? I said, I know. And I could look at faces right now. If we went to wash people's feet this Sunday, I had some people say, "Uh uh-uh, you ain't touching these doggies. They ain't been touched by no man in a long time, and they sure ain't going to be touched in church. I mean, it's not culturally normative to have our feet washed. And so my concern as a pastor was, I want to communicate my heart, but I don't even want even some of our own fears getting in the way of what God is intending for us to communicate. So this morning I want to take on the form of a servant. Rather than a foot washer, I want to be a bathroom attendant. You know, and and my mom always said, before we have supper, we have to wash our hands. 
And so for my wife and I this morning, our heart is to wash your hands. Our heart is to be able to say that we're called to serve. In these next few moments, what I desire is for worship and communion to happen however God desires it to happen. But I desire the opportunity for for us to take some water. Tim, I'm going to demonstrate this because I need to serve my wife. And just pour a little bit of water over your hands. Allow you to wash your hands and I'll offer you a towel. The towel in Scripture is, is symbolic of servant. In our, in our credentialing with the Assemblies of God, when a minister gets his first level of credentials, we give him a towel because we say that you're called to serve. In that moment, if you have a, a desire for, for Tam and I to pray with you about something in your life, I want an opportunity to pray with you. Our heart is that we're communicating our desire, our willingness to serve. It's your first day here. Man, I want to wash your hands. Because I'm not called just to serve someone who's been here for 10 years. But I'm called to serve whoever comes in the door. So I hope that in these next few moments, it's going to be a little bit distracting. I get it. Walt and Carrie and Josie are still going to lead us in worship. That's why that time is going to be set. But if you can come forward, when you feel compelled, come forward. We will wash your hands. I will offer you a towel. If you would like to pray, we will pray together. And then I encourage you to then receive communion. Then you receive communion and you respond to to communion how you feel. We're not going to have a a public like you take the bread now and you drink the cup now. I'll I'll read the verses now so your hearts are in the right place. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you, the Lord Jesus On the night he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Jesus modeled servanthood through his death. You know, this morning I desire to serve you. If you want to take a mint after all this, you're welcome to a mint as well. Some of you might need one. Um, I love you. I can say that in love. That's agape love. (laughs) That probably wasn't the nicest thing to say. Man, talk about ruining the moment. (laughs) That's my default. I tell jokes when it gets awkward. When it gets... No, I hope that in this moment we can celebrate the Lord's death. The ultimate model of service demonstrated in Jesus giving his life. And Jesus looked at his disciples, and this is something that I want to look at you and say this morning. As we wash your hands, as we declare that we're here to serve, I want you to serve others as well. He said, go and do the same. It's not just about a pastor serving a church, but it's about a church serving one another. That's how we receive the fullness of what God has for us. Each of us using our gifts, the demonstration of God's grace, the way he's given it humbly toward one another, we will see the absolute incredible 
manifestations of what God has for our church, the fulfillment of His plans when we live with this heart, when we serve one another. I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask Walt, Carrie, and Josie to, to come up because I've got to wash their hands before they get to lead us in worship. It's going to be worship, so it's all right to worship and come forward as you need. And if you want us to pray, we are absolutely desiring the opportunity to pray with you today as well. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for 10 years of your calling fulfilled in our lives. God, I thank you the opportunity to continue to serve. I was talking to my brother-in-law, God, and he said, I'm in uncharted territory. And I thank you for that privilege, God. That we can continue to serve as pastors. That we can continue to serve the body of Christ in our church and the, in the, the community of Crawford. God, I pray that this morning as we participate in this moment, that your love flows through us. And God, that we experience all that you have. In Jesus' name, amen. God, I thank you for that love that flows through each of us. I thank you for the, the joy of being called to serve. God, I thank you that you see each one of us worthy to serve. To be your hands and your feet. to carry a towel and serve others. God, I pray that that as we go, we go with that understanding, with that knowledge that you use us, God, to serve others. That as we serve, that as we show your grace through our gifts, we see eternity changed. 